Hello, I'm Arfa, I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to Slow Pit Stop, the international Formula One podcast by fans for fans all around the world. My name is Arafa, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Mohammed. Say hi, Mohammed. Hi. <laughs> um, and we have a very special guest this week with us. It's Canadian Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hey, hi, Adam. Still somehow special. Yay. <laughs> You're always special. So he's he's Canadian Adam as opposed to the all the other Adams that all come the other show. You're the only Adam yeah. in Canada. Um, but this week, because Formula One is still on the summer break and so many different F1 podcasts and YouTube channels, they're all reviewing the last half season and how the drivers have been doing. We thought we would do something similar, but with a little bit of a twist. So we want to mm. talk about the drivers, rate them, but maybe not, you know, the standard. Oh, how do you think they've compared to their teammate? How do you think Daniel Ricciardo is doing against Perez? Blah, blah, blah. Boring. Instead, we're going to be asking three very important questions. Question one is going to be, if all the Formula One drivers on the current grid are on their way to kill you, and only one is going to defend you, who would you pick as your defender? Should I go first? Who should yeah, go, go first? For it. Adam, you go first. Adam, Adam's our guest. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is just from the heart. Obviously, I'm super surprised by this question, but my answer is going to be Valtteri Bottas. I think that Valtteri okay. is just really? is a lover. I think he's he's also <laughs> I think he's also uh, I don't know how to put this the nicest way, given his his challenges with um, eating disorders, but he's a little sturdier too. So I think that probably counts for something. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just get the sense of. Um, loyalty from him maybe it's his lease on life now maybe it's his passion for his new partner and australian culture but i feel like he'd be there to to the last so i disagree okay. because i think valtry remember we talked about this mm -hmm. in 2021 and we were like oh valtry always has good recovery drives yeah and i was like why are you having a good recovery drive all the time why is he not just in a good position right. just like sergio now yeah, he so sergio Perez i think valtry <laughs> would be sat with you and then bang Shot in the head, you go down. <laughs> Valtteri would be very good at avenging you. He'd be like, "Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, I need to sort this out now. Now I need to like do something." Yeah, so I don't think he'd save you, but he would avenge you. I'd be shot, you. and then he go no and dive out of the way when it's already over. <laughs> or dive into. No, the he'd way. go hunt them yeah. down and avenge you later. Yeah. He'd have a good recovery. But yeah, there's a season movie really about that, you. right? He'd do the same thing he did to the the Red Army. Yeah, mm, it's pretty acceptable. Muhammad, what about you? Yeah, I was going to originally say Checo because, you know, Minister of Defense and stuff, but his, like, defensive skills have really come down in the past year. Like, we just don't see him defending the way he used to defend. So I'm going to go with Fernando Alonso because that man is built like a tank. I mean, all the drivers are short, so I was initially thinking I'll go with the tall one like George, but George would not defend you. George would join the side of people trying to kill you for money. Uh, so I'm going to go with Fernando Alonso. I feel like he's got that ruthlessness, that killer instinct, um, and he's built a little bit like a thumb. Like he's just so, he's like short and thick, you know. Yeah. I am. Yeah, I, Fernando, so and he, he's, he's got the age on him. Was mm -hmm. also Fernando. I thought, you know, Fernando, would be. he's a little bit mean. He's a little bit evil. He'd be conniving. <laughs> but then I thought if the situation got to a point where he wasn't quite happy, he would just quit on you. 
Right. <laughs> He's like, screw it. I'm off to save Canadian Adam instead. And he would just leave me. And then I'd be like, oh, God, what <laughs> do I do now? True. So, so uh, yes, I think it'd be very good, but I don't think he's got the endurance to to stick it out with me till the end. He's the only one who's won the 24 hours of Le Mans. You don't think he's got endurance? <laughs> uh, physically, yes. The emotional endurance to stay oh, okay. with me. Yeah, he doesn't have... <laughs> no. He has the endurance for himself. But the, the correct answer, which both of you neglected for some reason, hmm. is Lance Stroll. Because as we know, with all things in the world, with all things in the world, whether it's politics or religion or career, the only thing that matters is money. And Lance Stroll comes with all of it. Plus, the most evil-looking man in the world, Lawrence Stroll, that double act would 100% save me. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> okay, but if you're going to go by money, who's the richest driver on the grid? Because it's not Lance Stroll. You're probably Lewis, Lewis on right? his own. I, don't I, don't, know about I would these, not like, trust Lewis. Yeah, generational wealth things like the sciences yeah, and the Lewis Norris is a millionaire. Are, are quite rich. Yeah, but Lance comes as a billionaire. Lance's billionaire status. That's different. Okay, but Nicholas Latifi was a billionaire. Would you have trusted him to save your life? No, because he doesn't come with Lawrence Stroll. And what is what exactly is the <laughs> limit of Joe Guanyu's support? <laughs> you have the entire nation <laughs> yeah. of China. Is there is there a, a, a ceiling on that on that money? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe that's the right answer. So, have, have we all decided that the real winner, as as with all things, even in Formula One, is actually just money? Yeah. So you get you're going to go with Lance Stroll. We're all going to huddle up, and then uh, Joe Guanyu's yeah. army is going to kill all three of us. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Sounds like what would happen. But speaking of um, people ganging up and attacking, question number two. Um, I want to I want to do a little bit of a, a psychological experiment. We can talk through all the you know the, the first hundred days of this adventure. But let's say somehow you know all the drivers decide to travel off to Australia for the first Grand Prix next year or whatever it is in the calendar. Mm-hmm. And somehow they all get stranded on a deserted island. It's just them. Okay. The plane came down. They're all on the island by themselves. How does this play okay. out? Who becomes the leader? Who becomes the chef? Who becomes the one that decides to lead the rebellion against the original yeah. team? Yeah, is this going to become so what's gonna Lord happen? of the How Flies? This is this Lord of the Flies role? Yeah. So yeah. Well, the first. <laughs> Who do you think becomes the original organizer and leader? The obvious answer that we have to cover right away is that Tsunoda Yuki. If I, I think we should call him that if we're going to say Joe on you. Tsunoda Yuki is definitely the chef. All right, so that's taken care of. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Why do I see him cooking for himself more than the other drivers, yeah. though? <laughs> but who's the leader? Who's going to take the role of group Oh, leader? certainly George Russell will try. He's going to be like, you know, I'm the leader. I'm already yeah, the leader 100%. of whatever that thing is, Young Drivers Federation or whatever it's called. Yeah. So there's no question that they're the, making a PowerPoint slide out of coconuts and things. yeah, the the prefect <laughs> epigenetics are going to come on really hard, and then <laughs> after that initial phase, who becomes the inner circle and his like? Council? I think it's one of the older. I only. I think it's going to be one of the older drivers that takes charge ultimately. Um, I I want to go with like Hulkenberg is going to be the leader. I think Hulkenberg's got a nah. nice rash. Hulkenberg line. getting sent no. out to go like collect firewood. Yeah, he's tough. He's the <laughs> hunter. He's, he's yeah, exactly. Because the problem with Hulk as well is I think that these kids don't really respect him. 
just like in the real world, you know, these younger kids just feel like there's yeah. the old men they don't talk to. Yeah. I don't think they'd listen to Lewis. I don't think they'd listen to, like, I think Fernando would be there. Like, I don't know what the equivalent is, but I'm thinking of like an Aladdin Jafar. That's Fernando. And you know that scene from like, <laughs> I'm always sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where Mike's like, I'm playing both sides. So that way I always come out on top. That's Fernando. <laughs> yeah. So when oh, the Fernando group eventually sure. divides, Fernando's, Fernando's on so both I think, sides. No question. I, I think speaking of both sides, I think Max is, is not part of the group in this. I think he goes off to the corner and tries to find his own way off the island because he's just so like calculating that I don't think he would trust the entire group of drivers to come up with their own solution off the island. I think he'd be like, do your own thing. I'm going to try and figure my own way out. I think out. it's possible. I don't think it's about trust. It's not really calculating. I think with I think Max, he's... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's, um, he's competent like a hell. machine built for one purpose, just to win Formula One races. And when that opportunity is taken away from him, I think he's just going to revert to normal guy yeah. and just be like, right, what are we doing? Yeah, I completely he doesn't agree. want to be in charge, but he's not going to cause trouble. He's just going to be there. But how is he going to win the Australian Grand Prix if he's on an island? So I think his inner I must win the race determination will come out and he'll find his way off the yeah, island. He'll find a way Even off. if it means abandoning everybody else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Adrian knew he showed me how to do the this. The right hand man, I think, is Lando Norris. I think that he follows George Russell, PowerPoint collaborators. <laughs> he he acts like, oh yeah, I'm just another, you know, you know, uh, as you guys say in the UK, public school, you know, sort of Tory child. You know, you can trust me, keep me <laughs> close to you. And then the last minute, he's going to be one of the people who sells out the the map of the camp to the rebellion. <laughs> I think so too. I think the main group is George Russell led, and yeah. like I think eventually people get sick of him, and they and that's how the the main group starts. is the I PowerPoint think... foursome. It's it's Russell, Leclerc, Norris, and Albon from those videos. Yeah, yes, that's that's yeah, the core council so. of the original yeah. group. Yeah, but who leads yeah. the rebellion? I know, I know in my head who I think. I don't know be, why, but I feel like the answer has to be Science or Ocon. I think these guys with like the the uh, the the Spanish blood just seem like they're they're in for it. Maybe it's that new, really uh, menacing picture that's that's Ocon's default, or the fact that he is actually yeah, a menacing I, driver. But it's going to be one of, if not both yeah. of those two. I think it's going to be the Spanish Inquisition. Well, I think I think it's science. I think science leads the rebellion. I think he gets sick of listening to George Russell all day, dictating everyone like a little Winston Churchill. Maybe all three then. Soccer. Science, Ocon, and Alonso, the full Spanish Inquisition. So I think Alonso would be playing both sides and he'd be very diplomatic. So I don't think that would help. I think, actually, I disagree with you. Yeah, but I think signs, um, they're going to irritate him, but his old friendship with Lando will keep him. Lando will be like, oh, Carlito, don't oh, worry. True, you know, I've got true. this sorted. I'm listening to you. You just you just got to give me a bit more time. These guys, you know, I, I can talk them around. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure you get fish as well. Don't worry. We'll share some more with you. <laughs> So I think Lando would like try and placate him. Yeah, but that's why I think that Lando sells the the map of the camp to to science. He he <laughs> he thinks he's but playing I, science I the, the whole real... time because science is like really yeah. really good at playing a humongous himbo in the Formula One scene, and then is secretly his own race engineer. <laughs> he's he's the best driver yeah. at playing dumb on the entire grid. Let me let me let me float something to you. What about Checo Perez leading the rebellion? 
Not no, if it's Checo like, Perez is first to be eaten. Have you seen the backside on that man? <laughs> that is what is happening to Checo Perez. I've seen the Photoshop one, so I'm not really sure how much. Yeah, no, Checo Perez is on a stick spinning around of like a fire. He's getting okay. roasted. That's you, you don't think that's going to be a Valtteri's rump? Maybe you just rump roast both of the four defenders. Valtteri's on the beach, just chilling and not getting. I was going to say anything. he's nude on the beach. He's doesn't. He has, he's happy to not be racing. <laughs> him, him, and like Lewis and a couple of the other old ones are just like, we're just going to sit here <laughs> and wait for Christian Horner to show up and be like, OMG, where am I? Drivers? I can see it actually being um, Sergio and Valtteri just kind of reminiscing about their the, the chances they had yeah. for championships and how they were underappreciated and they both just get eaten in the same night. So I think the real leader of the Rebels is going to be Kevin Magnussen. Because he's got a temper. And I think the inner circle of Albon, Russell, Norris, like they'll go and they'll be a little bit friendly with Ricardo. They'll go be a little bit friendly with Sainz. They'll do all of that stuff. But I think Magnussen, Hulkenberg, these guys, they'll just straight up ignore and disrespect. And they'll keep sending them out on nonsense jobs. You go yeah. catch all the fish, we'll eat it. You go collect all the wood, we'll enjoy the mm. fire. And eventually, Kevin's going to snap. And Kevin will be the one that like just picks up a spear and starts. That, that's what I think will happen. So who's on, Ke- who's on Kevin's rebellion? Who's in his side? All the disrespected drivers. So Ricardo. Okay, Alonso. Alonso. Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. And then... Checo, if he's still alive. Checo, if he's still alive. <laughs> I think it'll be a small rebellion. And then I'm I'm really I don't know what Lewis what role he plays in this whole thing. No, I think he's part of the apathetic beach crew, like Valtteri and all of them. They're just sat there going, "We're just gonna." So I think the apathetic beach crew is just Valtteri and Lewis, honestly. Yeah. Because they've already got the bromance. I think they're they're chilling on the beach. Yeah. And they're just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and I still think Max is off to the side. If anything, he's going like he's still part of that. He's on the beach, crew. but he's like ten feet away from Valtteri. So every now and again, he turns over and says hey and like chats with them. But then he like yeah. is back in his own Try- world. He's trying to build his own boat to get off. Still. Yeah, so, but he's yeah. like <laughs> ultimately hanging out with Valtteri and Lewis. Yeah. So who sets the island on fire? Well, you know, like the end of Lord of the Flies, they set uh, the island on fire. It will be. Why do I think it's Logan Sargent? <laughs> yeah. By pure accident. <laughs> I know. I think it's I think it's Logan Sargent on accident. Yeah. I, th- I think he's like not fully part of the PowerPoint crew, but he's like empathizing a little bit with the people who are like snubbed and angry because he's like, I kind of get it. I'm a little snubbed and angry too. And I think in trying to like reconcile somehow, he sets the island on fire, yeah. which brings in Christian Horner. Yeah, that's that's a smoke signal. To be very clear, it'll definitely be Christian Horner coming in to save them. Yeah, he'd be first. No, Toto would like be still filling up paperwork and stuff. Christian's (laughs) swimming out there himself to get Max back. And I think all the other team principals, like Gunther Steiner, are already finding other drivers to take (laughs) his spots. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian's on the way out there to get Max by himself. Yeah. Shall we take a break and see if Adam comes back? I think he might come back, but I'm not sure. All right, gentlemen. So yeah, that's the that's the Desert Island uh, Lord of the Flies scenario. Effort, um, <laughs> you got another question for us? Yeah. So all three of us are doctors of various specialties, and I thought what we would do. I've opened up on my computer here the current grid, and I thought I would ask you 
if every driver on the grid was a doctor of some variety, what speciality would they be in? See, this is interesting because America and Canada's like um, stereotype of doctors differs from the UK. Because like for you, the big like biking, like hiking type doctor is anesthesiology. Yeah. For us, it's emergency medicine. Mm. So let's see how it goes when we when we break it. Yeah, down. there but could be want... some. Should we start at the bottom of the grid or, and go up, or should we start at the top and go down? I want to add so... one thing, guys, before you move on. Since I dropped from that desert island, um, is uh, getting real about the drivers again for a second. I genuinely like. I'm a little bit concerned about the Alpine driver's anger issues. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there. I, I know you said Magnuson gets angry. I think Ocon and Gasly both get like genuinely irate in races now. You especially see Gasly unable to self-soothe when he's yeah. uh, in post-race interviews now. It's, it's kind of troubling. Yeah. So I think uh, if we're talking about real life, I actually think Pierre Gasly is going to burn out and leave Formula 1 in about two years, is my theory. Because, like, his problem is he gets into his own head too much, and as a good driver, you can't keep doing that. You need, like, a good apparatus around you to help you, keep give you good mental health, uh, you know, make the surroundings peaceful. And um, if he's not, if he doesn't have that environment, which I don't think he does in Alpine, then I just don't think there's any future for him in, in Formula One. So I th- I actually see him leaving the sport in two years if he continues on this trajectory. And same with Science, I think, as a driver who's similar to that. And I see him leaving. But yeah. At the end of this episode, we'll talk about Silly Season and some of the rumors that are out there. We can talk about Science. But yeah, I see what you mean, Adam. But he's definitely part of the rebellion. They're both definitely part of the yeah. Kevin Magnuson-led rebellion. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we know now, even from talking about that, so anger issues plus tending towards burnout. So Pierre Gasly is either a general surgeon and general internist or an emergency doctor, probably. Let's start. That's right. Let's start from uh, Dan Ricardo and then move our way up. His attention span is quite short. (laughs) And I think he would sue emergency medicine because he doesn't have the long thinking power to follow through till the mm. end with a patient no i, I think disagree. he would happily bounce from patient to patient to patient and then offload them at the end of the shift and go home no i think he's pediatrician straight through and through he's got the personality <laughs> for a pediatrician you can't like, like you could like he could go through the worst year of his life and still at the end of it be like Haha, yeah that was the worst year of my life <laughs> but it's okay because you know everything is positive in the end and he just suits pediatrician to me yeah definitely yes but the difference pzr Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I, I really see it though. Yeah. Right. So next on the championship is Logan Sargent. He's an intern. Irrelevant. Is oh. Logan Sargent? Yeah. Nick. Oh, you think he's an intern? Yeah. Logan Sargent's an intern. <laughs> Going he into what? Specialty yet? He doesn't have a specialty. No, that's just the point. Is it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Kevin Magnuson. Uh, K Mag. Hmm. He's a surgeon of some kind. I think he's going to be a surgeon. I think he's a general surgeon. Hey, Mag's a GP. He's so yeah. unbelievably mellow. Is he mellow? Yeah. I think he's mellow and then randomly gets angry. Yeah, like, like a GP. <laughs> like a GP. <laughs> he's a family doctor. I like that. Okay, 
Who's next, next on the Yuki, list? Yuki, who I would say was a, a real family doctor because he's so lovely. Yuki? Yeah. Nah, Yuki's, mm. got, a, Yuki's got a cursing mouth. Who? Yeah, he's got a real temper. He's a surgeon. He can't be in pediatrics. Yeah, so you, yeah, Yuki's a general surgeon who had to go into surgery because he's legacy and his, his dad wouldn't accept less than surgeon from him. He yeah. doesn't like it. He's angry about it all the yes. time and he just wants it to be lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> his first car was an S2000. Yeah. I saw that interview. Oh, wow. Like as a wow. teen. Come on, Yuki. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, Joko Nyu, I think, again, uh-huh. forced into medicine by family, is a cardiologist now. Hmm, I find no. that difficult to disagree. Somebody said online that a cardiologist are the nerds from high school that really want to be cool, and I like that. Yeah, that's know? that's cardiology and neurosurgery for sure. Mm. <laughs> but I don't think that's Joko Nyu. Joko Nyu has, he's got charisma to him a little bit, you know, like he... Is on magazine covers. He he does well in the fashion world. He has a so he's who what what specialty has a life outside medicine? I'm gonna say Zhou Guan Yu is a rheumatologist. He's good <laughs> at his job, uh, but he is not devoted to it hundred percent. I'm gonna go with okay, he has a lot of pressure to do well. Mm. He has to be in a high earning specialty because his family slash government expected of him, <laughs> but he's never won his theories. He's the second ish best in his cohort, mm-hmm. GI. Oh, no, I was <laughs> going to say cardiologist, but not interventional. Well, that's that's the same idea. Yeah, I'm saying he can scope, but he can't cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. That's speaking exactly. of. Um, he reads the EKGs at the, at the community hospitals that don't have a cardiologist yeah. on site. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of not committed, what about Valtteri Bottas? Mm, Valtteri Bottas. See, he, I thought, was going to be a good family medicine doctor because he's just nah. very chill. Orthopedics. No. No, <laughs> no I don't think orthopedics so. Orthopedics through and through. I don't think so. I think I think Total Wolf is the orthopedic there surgeon. Some, there are much dumber guys coming up, though. I don't no, think he's no, dumb. No, no. I think I Hulkenberg... Think laid back. I don't mean dumb either, but it's like the bro... No, no but orthopedics... Yeah. The, the joke he's about like, orthopedics is, kind of as medical students, they had to be absolute geniuses. And as soon as they become surgeons... They forget everything except ANSEF and fix the bone. That's so, that's Derm. Derm are the absolute geniuses that jettison all knowledge. After. <laughs> but Valtteri's the no. most bro on the grid. Like, who else is going to be? The I mean, he does seem to go on a bike so. race between every event. That mm. is true. No, I'm 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 sticking with my gut. I think he's family medicine. I think he's very chill. I think he he likes his job, but he's not super passionate about it anymore and he's just he's a very like mellow guy and i i'm going family for him i'm getting rheumatology vibes from him because he's just happy to be here you know he was on a prestigious team oh i got it he's infectious disease that's who he is he's infectious oh. disease. He shows up sometimes asks you to get an echo and then walks away <laughs> yeah yeah and asks he's you to biopsy disease. like two millimeter collections on a scan yeah mm-hmm. can you get yeah. that and writes like a two-page note what about Hulkenberg then he's orthopedic I think yeah Hulk's an orthopod yeah Yeah, Hulk's an orthopod Um, absolutely crushes it then walks off Yeah, he basically just like admits to hospitalist falls to the back of the grid he's made his point (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Saturday. Right, so Alex Albin. I think this one's a bit more tricky because I'm not quite sure where I'd put him. Oh, that's mm-hmm. going to be tough. 
Albon. Hmm. Who is somebody? What kind of field are you? He was good. He got dropped from his position. He came back. He was still good. Underappreciated. Oh, I know. Hmm. He is. He's some sort of like general internal medicine physician at like a rural hospital. So he can do everything, but he's maybe not necessarily getting the glory of being in a big tertiary center. He's been like sent away to some small rural place and he's just crushing it there. Yeah, that's not bad. I think I like that. He is very good and he just has no recognition because he's not in the top team. But you know what? Sometimes those doctors, they go to the tertiary centers and they're not very good there, but they do better in the rural. And that's Mm. what Alex Alban is. Mm. Like, you know, rural generalist yeah i think so yeah, yeah he'll do surgical affairs he'll deliver a baby even yeah 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 he's just really happy to be part of something <laughs> yeah, i think so i think that he's loyal to it you know he gets the call from red bull and they're like okay maybe we discharge you too soon and he's like no i love williams district hospital it's great it's amazing <laughs> williams <here."> district hospital. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's so good yeah <laughs> uh that's okay, good. number That's 12 good in the championship, Pierre Gasly. Okay. Oh, he's a surgeon go. of some kind, definitely. Nah, I think Pierre Gasly is in the UK, mm. I'd call it the medridge. So, like internal medicine, everything gets dumped on him. He's angry. He wants to shout at everyone, but ultimately he just can't win because everything's dumped on him anyway. So, I'm calling him a surgeon. So what is that, the internist that gets all the emerge consult? Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. I mean, a medridge is kind of like a senior resident. Um, so I would say he's like a senior general surgery resident because at least here in America, they're the angriest people in the entire hospital. Well, we're going to skip Piastri for a second. Yeah, he's but he has, he, has he phenomenally let himself go? Do we have anybody like that? Well, what I was going to say is Gasly and Ocon, same role. One of them's the surgeon and one of them's the medic. So both of them uh-huh. feel aggrieved by the emergency department. <laughs> yes. Both of them feel aggrieved by the consults around the rest of the hospital. And both of yeah. them, all they can do is fight each other and get mad at each other about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, They're, Pierre yeah. is angry but sulky. And then Esteban is angry but dangerous. Yeah. He's the yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, t- I totally agree. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine Gasly writing really passive-aggressive things in the notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's giving me all these consults. Looks at it just like, oh, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, patient hyperkalemic. For some reason, parent team has left ACE inhibitor on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's the next one? Next is Lance Stroll. No, you forgot. It. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are we going up by rank? Yeah. Lance is a dermatologist. Piastri. No, oh, oh, he said skip Piastri because he's an intern. Yeah. No, really? The Piastri's so good. He deserves attention, really. Okay, he's chief intern. Okay, how he about runs... an intern? No, no, Piastri, Piastri no, no, is, about... a, is a dermatology prelim. So he's in his intern yeah, year. This is yeah. exactly where I was going. I was going to say he was an ophthalmology prelim. Like he's... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That works too. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> he's, he's destined prelim. for greatness and he's putting mm-hmm. in his time now and you're not supposed to judge him now because he doesn't yeah. care about you and you don't care about him. Mm. Yeah. He's an ophthalmology prelim. So he's doing his intern year. And yeah. uh, the UK people listening to this will not know what we're talking about. Logan's a prelim for something that he got nepotized into <laughs> by his parents. Speaking yeah. of nepo babies, next up is Lance Stroll. <laughs> so oh, Lance, man. I think, is is dermatology. No, I think he. I know I what Lance I... says. I'll tell you what Lance says. <laughs> what is you, he? You, you tell me why you think he's a dermatologist. And I'll tell you why I disagree. 
So I think he's a dermatologist because in America, it's very, very hard to get into dermatology. His money and his prestige and his background got him into dermatology. And it's just he has enough of a skill set to manage it. I noticed we've left each other alone entirely, which is very Well, no, this is I was going to now come at you because I think Lance Stroll is a radiologist. I was so close to picking him for that, too. But I went with cardiology. So and the like, reason I say I just, radiology is, one, he became a doctor because his dad wanted him to. Yeah. He didn't want, he doesn't want to see patients or anything. He just wants to be in his dark little cave reporting scans. And then mm -hmm. he's picked a speciality where there is scope for private practice, setting up a business, all that kind of stuff, because he's business minded <laughs> as well. So that's yeah. why I think radiologist. See, this no, is why, see. why I've decided on cardiology is roughly the same reason. I think it's kind of the inverse of some of the other guys. Basically, like his dad got involved because he wanted to. Like his dad's not a doctor. His dad is just willing to like yeah. give him a trillion dollars to go to a private med school. Um, and then keeps getting him spots. You know, here's your internship. Hey, let's do get you a cardiology research fellowship. His dad literally funded his whole way into medicine. So it's very easy to get a spot in Harvard or Yale Medical School if you just paid them a trillion dollars. Quote enough for, for Lance. Lance wants to be called a cardiologist just to be called it. And sometimes mm. he has flashes of greatness and they're like, oh, this guy can do a PCI. Like, he can, he can do this. And then he just isn't consistent at all. And they're like, okay, fine. Just, just get him out of the program. Like, his degree. <laughs> I think right. that that's what we're talking about with Lance. He, he's an aspiring interventional cardiologist. That's yeah. what we'll yeah. say for him. Aspiring. Yeah. That's the guy who ends up in general. Speaking of aspiring, Lando Norris. <laughs> Lando uh, Norris is the radiologist. Nah, yeah. I was going to say he, Lando Norris. He's a Norris. gamer. He's a streamer. He's a, like a little bit introverted. He kind of only talks to his one friend, Max. He gets along with his teammates, but at most just wants to spend golf with them. And golf, like we're talking anesthesia, radiology, dentistry, right? Yeah, um, I agree. What do you think, Arafat? What was your What was your vibe, Arafat? So I was going to say Lando Norris was um, like an intern resident, but is like wanting to be a surgeon one day, but isn't quite there yet. Mm. Yeah, I could also see him being like a dreaming neurosurgery. He's like, because again, we talked about these guys who are the dweebs of the playground and they want <laughs> to be the bully for the rest of their lives now. <laughs> Yeah, and we said that's cardiology and neurosurgery, and that's definitely true. So I could see Norris being neurosurge, and and, and of course he's also great as neurosurgeon. I think surgeon. so. Yeah, I think that's because he's he's kind of mean, you know, not kind of mean. He is mean. Lando Norris is mean when he wants to be mean, and I think you, you that's the kind yeah, of yeah he's kind of mean. Yeah. You're right. He's like he, I won't I won't say Alcon's name. I mean, radiologists hold grudges too, but yeah. neurosurgeons are more likely to do it. I feel like I don't, I, I don't. If there's this neuro intensivist on the schedule, don't admit my patients to them. Bypass. Forget. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget that time that that guy missed vasospasm. He's. I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> never admit to Ocon. All right. <laughs> don't let him near my guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Ocon think, couldn't get a job in general surgery. He had to do that ICU fellowship. Okay, that should tell you a lot. Don't send him to me. And the thing, and the thing is, like in America, to be to get to neurosurgery attending level, it's like twelve years postgraduate training. It's like something insane. So yeah, it's the length of a McLaren contract. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. One. There you go. So I think he's exactly neurosurgeon. He he's not attending yet. He's still somewhere in his like fellowship training. Yeah. For some reason, he can't identify this dodgiest team just spoke to him like he just needed to make a lifelong commitment and he doesn't know why yeah, <laughs> yeah. he just uh, loves hierarchy 
<laughs> he loves traditionalism. Okay. What are we calling Nick DeVries? We we went over him. He he's he dropped his program. Well, we could do it for fun. <laughs> Nick kicked around forever. Finally got a spot and then mm. dipped. See, he's the Caribbean that. student. <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> he's oh, the Caribbean student. <laughs> He, he got his way into medicine. It took him a lot, and he had to take an unconventional route. Um, and as soon as he got in, uh, he basically got kicked out because of his background. Mm. And Makes making sense. early mistakes. Making early mistakes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... felt, yeah, it's this kind of like interaction between mistakes and like an unacceptable management. Because like Mark Helmut treated him like totally unacceptably. It's really shaken my faith in Red Bull, mm. having yeah. to deal with Helmut Marco anymore. Mm. I'm trying to figure out where that. See, Helmut Marco perfectly encapsulates a Caribbean medical school because he puts all of these resources into finding the next best doctor, even if it means finding like a million doctors that aren't going to necessarily do well. Do you know the? And I, and I don't mean that against. If you graduate a Caribbean medical school, you are as equivalent as a doctor. However, the uh, attrition yeah. rate in Caribbean medical schools is so high. Like so many people that start don't even make it to the end. And I think that perfectly describes the Red Bull Academy. If you make it to Formula One, you're typically a good driver. But how many people start in the Red Bull Academy and then don't make it in? So I think Helmut Marco is the Caribbean medical school system. And I think Nick DeVries is the Caribbean student that made it in, but made some early mistakes and unfortunately was let go from his residency. So what kind of thing can you still practice as your let go? Gen peds? Like you don't no, do the you, whole you, thing that you did the first I don't know bit. about like Canada and the UK, but in America you would just go into like insurance or corporate medicine and like be like an advisor. You can still make money. You still make about $100,000, but you don't practice. Yeah, no, in Canada it's the same. It used to be that if you passed the second part of the test, you could at least be a family doctor, but not anymore. Yeah, no, you couldn't do that here. You, you would still need three years of residency to be a family doctor. Yeah, well, I guess that's it. Then he's some kind of corpo guy. <laughs> guy. And, and he's going to Harvard. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's not going there for a degree. He's going there for a certificate, one course. <laughs> so that is perfect. I've got the leadership certificate, and I'm going to take 30% off the top of all the clinics I run. Nice. Yes, yes. And honestly, good for him because he wasn't treated fairly, so... Yeah. No shade. Good. Yeah. Um, right. So nice. next in the championship is Carlos Sainz. So I think Carlos is the dermatologist because. Okay. I'm already ready to UK, accept so this. I wasn't thinking it at all, but I'm feeling it really hard so already. Derm here <laughs> is like, again, super competitive to get into. And once you get into it, they're actually all a bunch of big nerds and super academic and mm -hmm. publishing yeah. things all the time. You know that bit when you're like, I have no idea what's going on with this patient called the rheumatologist. They're like, Derm and Heem are like equivalent here. They're like, like all the doctors think those people are the nerds. So I think Carlos Sainz is there. But the thing that separates dermatology from Room and Heem is they're the glamorous ones as well. And I yeah, think Carlos Sainz's hair yeah. only suits that speciality. No, you're completely right. I have a dissenting opinion. Okay. I think Carlos Sainz is an electrophysiologist. And this is why Ooh, I say that. Okay. Because every electrophysiologist I know has a parent that's an electrophysiologist. I'm not even joking. You know They're what? Me too. Legacy. 
They're all yeah, legacy EPs. So I think Carlos Sainz's dad, Senior, is the electrophysiologist who, like, you know, went through the whole process. But now his son is the other aspiring electrophysiologist. <laughs> and usually, from what I've seen, the EPs, you know, at least in my hospital system, tend to be running all other facets of cardiology care for their patients, right? Like, even though they're not in charge of structural or interventional or outpatient, they're usually making recommendations for that. And Carlos Sainz is having to do the rest of the team's job from inside the car. So but he didn't I, go I'm, into rally. No, but it's 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 similar enough. You know, okay, maybe the dad is... He an might EP. still... And, I, yeah, I, I think it's similar enough that it works. They both went into racing. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say he's an EP. He's an electrophysiologist. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to stick with Durham. I agree. He's gorgeous, which just seems to be mandatory in the States. <laughs> yeah. Like, every, every American residency has all gorgeous residents and then one kind of ultra nerd that doesn't quite fit that. In Durham, yeah. Um, <laughs> Was that you, though? He's like, oh, I'm going to do medical Durham, even though I makes no money, because I just love <laughs> Durham. There's the one guy. Okay. But, have you ever uh, been to a Durham conference? This guy's conference? doing tons of cosmetic on the side. Yeah, have you ever been oh, to a Durham conference? Them. The the Durham conferences yeah. in America are like all model gorgeous level people. <laughs> yeah, it's just rock. It's full of rock. It's wall to wall rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one, number six in the championship. I know exactly Ooh. what he is. So this is George Russell, and George <laughs> Russell is an ICU doctor, the intensivist, because. All his patients okay. are asleep. He doesn't actually have to do much work. And what he wants to spend his whole time doing is showing all the students PowerPoints about, oh, and this yeah. is how mitochondria works. <laughs> and this is the physiology yeah. of this. And this is the physiology yeah. of that. And mm-hmm. it's just, oh, God, another PowerPoint. That's who George Russell is. <laughs> Having just come off mm. of ICU for two weeks, I can agree that it's just like straight physiology all the time. And you never, as a doctor, you don't want to think about physiology because that's like, why would anyone ever want to think about physiology? But the ICU attendings, that's all they care about. So I fully agree with you. George Russell. I kind of get what you're saying. I remember I had a friend who was really, really bright and she was like, you don't really treat patients in ICU. You just treat the Frank Starling curve and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) She became a radiologist. (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know for me uh george really screams psych Mm. um and the reason why he's quite prim and proper he was he is the prefect as we mentioned he's really attracted to prestige he had some moments of brilliance early on was mr saturday it was quite a sympathetic character Mm. quite an emotional character um but now that he's in the now that he's in the limelight he's just kind of all right He's like, eh, you know, this is just enough medicine for me. No, psych for me is someone like... I don't need to do this that much anymore. Yeah. Psych for me is someone like Antonio Giovinazzi. Because, you know, you you don't think of any rock star psychiatrists ever. Like, they're kind of just there. They're doing their job. They're appreciated. But, like, they're never, like... Like, nobody ever looks at a psychiatrist and goes, yeah, that's the rock star. Whereas you would say that for, like, Uh, a, a trauma surgeon. Yeah, you know what? You know? So I don't you know, think I think so. you pulled me on board because what I just remembered is when you see those pictures of George like walking with purpose, throwing on his shades, <laughs> he is definitely the only one who believes he's a rock star. <laughs> and that is ICU. ICU was absolutely certain. Yeah. And everybody else was like, I don't want to live and sleep in the hospital. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> and then they just throw their shades on and walk out. Yeah. And like, yeah. Those people See, wish they were me. The, no, the trauma I see, surgeon. We don't. I'm sorry. We don't. Yeah, the, I think the trauma surgeon is an actual rock star. He's the guy that shows up and he's like, 
all right, try to time to save some lives today. You know, like he's going to, he's going to take the bullet out of your body and keep you alive. And, but I think the ICU doctors think they're the rock stars. So I think George yeah. Russell is, is an ICU doctor. Yeah, I fully agree. Poor guy. So number five, Charles Leclerc, what does he do? Oh man. <sighs> what field is disappointed by their entire support staff all the time? I'm going to go with anesthesia. Charles I think he's an anesthesiologist. In the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. The NHS is Ferrari, and Charles works in the NHS. So, okay, in America, you have CRNAs, and CRNAs, uh, their job is to kind of maintain a patient under anesthesia, but sometimes, like, complications will come up, and, like... The studies show that CRNAs aren't as effective as handling those complications as a full-blown anesthesiologist. And you still need to be very intelligent to become an anesthesiologist. So I think Charles Leclerc is an anesthesiologist who's constantly disappointed by his CRNAs, constantly having to put out fires, constantly getting thrown under the bus because of a mistake his CRNA made when he was doing everything else perfectly fine. That's right. And, and he yeah. makes his own errors in judgment because did he need to be running six rooms with five CRNAs in the there first go. place to make that there much money? No. So the yes. system fault is with Charles in the yes. first place. Yeah. Yes. His team sucks, but he also is too greedy and takes that turn too hard. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I and agree. he's off from the lead in France. And the thing that is, like, sense. like anesthesiologist. And then at the end of the like, day, no matter what happens, he goes home and lives in Monaco, just like the <laughs> anesthesiologist. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. We're yeah. my patients. Yeah. Okay, number four, Lewis Hamilton. This is tricky. I don't know what what Lewis is. So Lewis and Max, I think, are both some kind of um, high-level okay, surgeon. I got it. <laughs> you got it. I think. I think they're both um, some sort of interventional. Uh, yeah. So that I, I was might even say, say Lewis is an interventional radiologist. I think. I think him you. and Max are both interventional radio. The the amount so of one focus... of those neuro then. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not. I, I'm not just saying this to feed Adam's ego, but in general, from what I've seen, the focus yeah. you need to be an interventional radiologist is so high. Especially if you're doing vascular, like, yeah, like sometimes it's like when you're going in to like take the clot out, like those guys are focused. They're zeroed in, in a way I don't, I haven't seen any other surgeon be zeroed in like that. Like they're really like on their job. Like the, the whole OR is quiet. Nobody's breathing. And it's just like, it's a, such an incredible thing to just watch. And I think that's Lewis and Max. I think they're both interventional radiologists or they're both like yeah, vascular, like you. neurovascular. Something it doesn't like it doesn't yeah. hurt that we sort of televise it. It's such a spectacle to watch. Okay, so Lewis Hamilton is IR. Let me tell you why. He comes in, he's near the top of his class, he's got chops, he's got skill, he's smart. He's also too smart to work too hard. So yeah, you can learn the same things through cardiology, vascular surgery, but you know, why do that to yourself? Pick the right team, make the risk, go to radiology, and then for a long time. People can't tell, is he really that good or does he just have a, you know, a fancy angiography suite and better tools than us? Maybe he's not better than a surgeon or anybody else. He just has like the best car. Come on. Have you seen the Siemens suite? It's incredible. So for all of those years, <laughs> people are like, ah, yeah, okay, sure. He saved a lot of lives, but maybe it's the tech. And then you get to the next era. Now cardiologists are doing vascular. Now the surgeons want to do vascular. But when if you get to a tough, you know, racer's quality. You know, one of those tracks that separates the men from the boys, Hungary. People go like, okay, yeah, all right. He's just, he's just incredible. Fine. 
Yeah, I'll take. And that. he throws like on that. his designer clothes, and he's he walks out of there, and everybody <laughs> is hushed. Very so good. I, right. So next in the championship, number three is Fernando Alonso. So I have a specialty for Fernando, which you're both going to disagree with. Okay, I'm ready. So I would put Fernando as the psychiatrist. Okay, I'm listening. So I think the rest of us, when we encounter mental health, generally, I think it makes you a little bit nervous. When you do the thing that you're normally good at, you're like, right, I've got this. I can sort out your infection, blah, blah, blah. Psychiatry makes us all a little bit nervous. And we're like, yeah, I I need the psychiatrist's help. But when they show up, they're so laid back about it. They're so confident. They're like, yeah, yeah, I got this. We just have to do this and this and this. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I think he has the confidence of a psychiatrist for me. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out what I would do with this guy. He's bouncing so around think, a ton. Definitely has skill. I think Fernando Alonso is a nephrologist. And this is why I think he's a nephrologist. I think that when you're working on the kidney, the kidneys are affected by basically everything else, especially the heart. And I think he, the way he like can balance, you know, being a driver and being good at many things, I think is the kind of... Uh, oh my God, like, is he a really good nephrologist? Is bitter he's not a cardiologist? He, he could be either or, honestly. They fight each other all the time. They're each other's worst enemies. So he could yeah. be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. He just heard about interventional nephrology, but then he finds out you only get the bad procedures if you take that. He's like, damn it, Lewis got me again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's all like you structural want to learn how to cardiology. Do is feel a uh, Lewis can teach you, I would sooner die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. Right, Sergio. What do we think Sergio does? Oh man, Sergio uh, is the pathologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty clever. He knows very his reliable. Stuff. Very reliable. Yeah. As long as you need the job to get done eventually. Yeah. You know, he's occasionally there for you for your stat or frozen sections, but certainly not on weekends. Yeah, and I also think he's. Maybe a radiologist as well. Just a general radiologist, not interventional. Because, like, mm-hmm. he's kind of, to be a radiologist, you kind of need to know everything, like, about every organ system, like, out there. You can't forget. And he is kind of like that. Like, he's, very, he's a very well-rounded driver. But if you take a radiologist and put them into, like, a clinical field, especially if they've been practicing for, like, 10 years, they're going to be out of their element. They're going to be making mistakes. And it's not their fault. They just haven't done it in so long. And as soon as you put Checo Perez out of his comfort zone, he does very poorly. So I think he's a radiologist. The only reason why he's bad or path is because he diffuses the blame a lot. He's always like, we had a bad quality. We had a bad weekend. It's never I. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, if the tech had injected the bolus at the right time or, you know, if if we'd gotten, if we had the paraffin block the right size in the first place, you know, I'd be in the championship. The patient patient couldn't hold their breath. So the images aren't good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. He's one of those. He's either rads or path. Yeah. It's like, oh, what happened, Checo? You uh, had a good recovery, but not a good quality. Well, you know, the technically suboptimal study compromised by motion and the beam attenuation. <laughs> and I think he's radiology because if Max is the interventional radiologist, he shows him up all the time. Yes. Like the, in- the interventional always shows up the general radiologist. He shows him up even though, re- yeah, even though Sergio will retire wealthier and probably with few- <laughs> less stress. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So then we go to Max, and I think Max is intervention on Neuro. Because he's also quite skilled, quite knowledgeable, but it's mm. much narrower. Mm. He's a, and he's a he's a humongous dweeb. So you'd expect yes. Lewis to be like, yeah. all right, well, I don't know. There's an occlusion somewhere. I know where to get to it, and I know how to use all my tools. I don't care if I can't name the artery. Whereas Max yeah. is like, ah, oh, yeah. well, a Percheron occlusion. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. was first like discovered worth going in 1422. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He'll name I every agree. collateral artery feeding the feeding the uh, the AVF, even though all you need to do is close them and not name them in the first place. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, yeah. it's not my fault. I mean, my dad had me reading cerebrovascular anatomy at the dinner table, and like, I can't erase this knowledge. And it's like, yeah. what do you like to do in your spare time? Well, diagnostic read studies. neuroradiology, read studies in his go to the path lab and look at brains. Yeah. Amazing. I, I fully so, agree. Yeah. So that's the F1 hospital. I'm sorry if that was too niche for people, but... I think that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I know. If you know anything about medicine, you definitely enjoy that. If you don't know anything about medicine, you're definitely listening in like, yeah, I wish I could understand what you're saying. <laughs> Some pretty mainstream specialties except for the ones. <laughs> I feel sad that none of them do my job. Yeah, I feel uh, like we kind of no, really George Russell. each other alone. For George no, Russell is the ICU. closest. Yeah, but, but Palm Crit Care is together in America. Oh, okay, so George fine. had to do... <laughs> There's actually a lot of routes to Crit Care. You can choose it from anesthesia, uh, palm, genosurge. Yeah. Uh, even neurologists can do Crit Care now. Mahomes you know, I didn't know Sargent. this, but... That's what you get. <laughs> That's why I have a shirt on. Yeah, you're literally wearing a Logan Sargent shirt right now, and you're the intern. Yeah. There you go. I know, and there's a lot of patience intern. with you because you're going to make mistakes, but it's okay. Let's get you through intern year. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that the closest thing that our got was like the prefect again. You will never <laughs> escape. <laughs> never escape that. <laughs> that's why I'm George, hates Russell. George Russell because is George Russell <laughs> no I'll take it because also I'm that little kid stood behind Lewis being like please sign this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no but I definitely think that way Max and, and Lewis we got um, uh, right on it because they're, they're you mm. know the toughest doctors I think or the toughest procedures where you just need to have absolute focus zero distraction the steadiest hands that's both of them so I definitely think that's true yeah that's right well that was fun <laughs> that was fun. it was thank you for that um yeah muhammad before we ended you wanted to talk about some silly season stuff relating to carlos yes Sainz. so carlos Sainz, does he go to audi in 2026 and yes. if so who takes his those place are the rumors Ferrari? yeah i thought it was going to be lando but actually as time goes on carlos makes more sense then who takes his spot in ferrari do you know who would love that spot? I'm not sure it would happen, but I would love to see it happen. Alex Albon. That'd be cool. I'd love that too. That would be really uh, nice. He was a I huge don't... Ferrari fan. He had all the Ferrari posters, the Schumacher yeah. posters. Did he? Like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So he, he was like, and everything when he was a kid had to be red. Um, and for that to like go full circle and for him to become yeah. an actual Ferrari driver, I think would be amazing. That'd be it would also nice. help him break out of the Red Bull organization, which I don't think he wants to be a part of anymore, but he doesn't have a lot of choice in it. Yeah. Cause you know, like, like Adam said, like they offered him back his a full seat and he said, no, I'm okay with Williams. So I think if he can find a way into Ferrari, he would be a really solid B driver. And he's not the type of driver that would like 
you know, he's not like cutthroat. Like I'm gonna destroy my partner in order to win the way Carlos Sainz kind of is. So I kind of see him. But then who's the other driver at Audi? Valtteri, Joe Yu, Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, I think Joe Guanyu is really f- fading fast. So probably not. Yeah, I think yeah, if they need the goes. money. Then Joe's Joe's a good bet. Yeah, uh, and he's just fine. For and he's Ferrari, got potential. Be, but you have to wonder if they're gonna rescue Mick because of his dad's. Uh, no, I think there. I think Mick is under Mercedes. Williams. I think mm. he goes to Williams when Alex yeah. goes to Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, Alex yeah. has that really bought. Sense. I think Alex has bought into Williams the way Lando has bought into McLaren, though. Like I think he's taken the Vowels promise, which kind of seems like a good promise. Like Vowels has a ton of money and ambition. Yeah, but you can't um, buy the Williams because even George was like the Williams team leader, but then he left. Like you can't have that permanently. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd like it to years. be Hulk. I don't think it yeah. would be, but I'd like it to be Hulk because mm. he's good. He deserves a That's good right. drive. He I deserves can't believe how good he is still. Yeah, could be Hulk. Hulk is a good option too. Um, I don't then... think Ferrari would take Hulkenberg. No. Why not? No, I think they they rate him as good, but they want like aspiring. Like really yeah, good. someone more top level or someone with more potential. And I think they would say, okay, Alexander Albon, he will help us develop this car. He's a potential yeah. winner, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then what happens with Dan Ricardo? Does he take Checo's spot? Yeah. It seems not. I, I really super want him to. I want him or Yuki too. I don't actually care. I want the better performing Alpha Taurist to go there yeah but there's all this talk of oh all the merchandise is sold to mexicans and then more than that just the idea that like i just think the temptation to have a bottas adjacent guy who leaves your number one untroubled mm. is too great like it just it works so well for lewis i can't imagine i think perez will still be in the seat next year it's the year after yeah the year so, after i think that's he's definitely not going to be there i just want him out sooner for the sake of competition yeah i think it depends on how much red bull gets challenged i think as soon as there's a challenger suddenly it matters uh to get a one two right now they're they're winning both they don't really need checo to be performing at his a game like you know they're fine but let's say mercedes is back in it next year or ferrari is back in it and all of a sudden now checo isn't able to hold up his side of it then I can see him getting booted for a better driver. But if it's the way it is now, then yeah, I agree. There's no reason to get rid of him. Yeah. I think Checo would do well taking Magnussen's seat at Haas. Yeah, I think, it's you know, too bad he's a good midfield driver. Below. He'd help yeah. that team. He'd like get, mm-hmm. you know, points every now and again. He'd sneak a podium at some point when there was random rain or something in Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think that's the sort of team that Perez would do really well in. Yeah. Yeah. How who what happens to Alfatori when Lance Stroll gets his seat dropped because Lawrence has sold Aston Martin to Honda? Honda brings Yuki in. I mean, sorry, not to Honda. He sold it to uh, somebody else. I forgot who's gonna buy it from him. And then uh, Yuki comes in because Honda wants to a Japanese driver. So now Alfatori is one seat short. Does Red Bull bring in a B driver from their academy, or does somebody else get the seat? Yeah, I think Red Bull is investing in their lower formulas at the minute. They're trying to yeah, be more there's no telling selective. who that'll be. Yeah, I don't know who it'll be. They might just grab a Wunderkind. Like I think that Alex Polo is coming in for Magnussen. Mm. But if it's not if it's not him, then I could see him going to Alpha Tauri quite soon. Mm. That's yeah. my final word. Very I cool. think that'd be good. Bring someone from IndyCar and that'd be fun. Hmm. 
Okay, and the last question Could is... Could you imagine if Fernando... Th- this will never happen, but if Fernando went to AlphaTauri and ended his career there where it began. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still think there's an outside chance that science has his, uh, his uh, Red Bull DNA reactivated too, but it does seem like a logical fit for him to go to Audi with the family connections. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then... Streets are saying Lewis has signed a two plus two contract at Mercedes. Is this too long of a contract? That's my final question. No, I think two years makes sense. Two plus two. Yeah, though. I think that makes sense too. A four. The year, plus two, two plus is two. to see what happens in twenty twenty six. Yeah. You think that's fair? Yeah. Okay. And I think right. you can see how Fernando is performing. In his 40s, I think Lewis would be able to do the same. But also the 2 plus 2 would give him options to walk away if the performance isn't there or if he's feeling he's not able to perform at the level he wants to perform. I think it's a reasonable contract. I think a one-year thing would be too short and then it would just leave lots of room for speculation and this and then he'd be distracted Mm. by contract negotiations again. Yeah, that was really unhealthy for Valtteri, so he doesn't need that. So I think you do two-year contract so that you don't have to think about it for a little bit and you can focus on other stuff. And then yeah. you've got another two years after that if you want to continue. Okay. All right. That's very good. Um, so that's all our episode is. Uh, we'll be back for race review Zanvoort when that happens in the future sometime. Yeah, when Max wins by 40 seconds. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick is not there because Red Bull is... Absolutely oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was going to be Nick's home race. I really so don't like awesome. that, guys. And we didn't have time to talk about that. But next time, I'll tell you that the Honda Indy was amazing, and that I have misgivings oh, yeah. about how how uh, Red Bull treats their their drivers. Who, it's hard who to won? be a fan when they're this See, mean. This is the, you've spent lots of time with us now, and you're we're converting you it's ne- right now. You're wearing a Red Bull <laughs> shirt, but the next time we have you on the pod, you'll be in a Mercedes shirt. <laughs> nah, man, I don't like any of the empires. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hope for the new underdog. And if it happens yeah. to be where the Honda engine is, then all the better. Yeah, no, our overlap is Aston Martin. We've already decided this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get our future team will be Aston Martin. Martin. We'll all. I get very, that. very excited for Oscar and Lando too, even though I'm at McLaren is whatever these mm. days. I like those men. Get those, get those two men and put them on Aston Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining in and listening to our very medical episode. Um, we will be back with the, with the race review in Zenport. Okay. Sounds Bye-bye. good. Bye. 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 This has been a production for Not That Good Media.